Hi guys, welcome back to the original Judo podcast. Uh, I'm James Austin and I'm joined this week by, he's a former British champion. He's got fifth place at Junior Europeans, Junior Worlds and under 23 Europeans. I'm joined, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Stuart McWatt. Stuart, how are you doing? I'm doing good, I'm doing good. It's a pleasure to join the podcast finally, so... Stu's um, given up his Friday night. He could be out having it large. And instead he's sat at home having a Zoom call with me. Um, he doesn't know that I've got this planned for the next two or three hours. He's <laughs> he's hoping to get some excitement in. Um, you probably recognise Stu from, well, from the World Tour. But also uh, you were doing the British Judo podcast for a little while. Um, you're involved in interviewing social media around the commie games, and we're going to come to all of that kind of stuff. So people might recognize your voice, your dulcet tones. Uh, but first off, can you kind of just give us a bit of background, how you got started in judo, um, kind of run us up to, to when you decided to go full time? Well, you're saying what you're saying, I've got a lot of fingers and a lot of pies just now. <laughs> uh, but no, sort of going back to when I sort of started judo, uh, my dad was a club coach back home. So it was pretty much, I grew up just doing judo, always done it. Uh, sort of been there my whole life. Uh, both parents done judo. Uh, my mum was a bronze medal at the Commonwealth tournament uh, when she used to compete and she was a British team. And oh, amazing. Dad was sort of Scottish level. So yeah, I always been, always grew up doing judo and uh, sort of started to take it really seriously as we sort of hit sort of pre-cadet, uh, sort of going into secondary school. Uh, Travelling up down to Raffle uh, to get extra training in, because I'm, I was based in northeast of Scotland, so that was a good finish school in the afternoon, drive down to Raffle, two and a half hours down, do the session, two and a half hours back, and then obviously straight back to school the next morning. Um, and then, so I finished school at 17, and Obviously, we knew judo was going to be where I was going. But at this point, I'd been uh, to Cadet Europeans, uh, Cadet Youth Olympics and stuff. So we knew judo was the, so the path I was going to take. And we needed that extra training. Uh, so I'd go down. And at this point, uh, Matt Percy, I, ironically, I listened to his po- the podcast of uh, <laughs> earlier this, earlier today. Didn't give me a shout-out, but, you know, so I'll give him one. <laughs> um, I used to go down... I'd train at Rath on the Tuesday. Uh, I'd stay at his uh, maybe a night or two just so I could, I could get that training at Rathville. Uh, and I'd also stay at some of the players' houses. Um, so that was how I was sort of getting that extra training in. And then the opportunity came to join the centre, uh, British Euro, uh, National Training Centre down here in Walsall. Uh, sort of the end of 2014, start of 2015. Uh, obviously jumped to the opportunity because it allowed me to Obviously, he worked with some of the best coaches in the country. Uh, Fundum was there, and uh, the best uh, training partners in the country. Uh, so moved down here in 2015 and been here ever since. Uh, it's coming up for about, check my maths, eight, eight years at the end of this year. Make sure <laughs> I got the right number. Uh, and yeah, so that's where I've based, been based the uh, majority of the time, sort of, sort of from my full-time career. So having judo in the family, like it sounds like there was always going to be one direction you were going to go. But what's it like getting started 
in the north of Scotland. So talking to Malin a few weeks ago on the podcast and she was saying, well, a pretty similar story to you. Um, you, you sound like you maybe had a bit more access to judo because your dad was doing it. I know your younger brother's doing it. Your mom was doing it, but that two and a half hour, that five hour round trip down to Ratho once or twice a week, that that's quite a commitment for such, for someone so young. I think, uh, well, speaking of my, I've known Malin since we're both sort of 12, 13 years old. Uh, so obviously they're a bit, a bit further north than I am, but a lot of the same competitions, a lot of the same trips. Um, I think it, it took a lot of commitment from me, but after the main thanks goes to sort of my parents and mainly my dad, who the traveling to competitions, it's a seven hour journey down to Walsall uh, <laughs> when we're coming come down to competitions. So I don't go home very often. Um, and then obviously, some of the other coaches were pretty good that sort of in that, that northeast of Scotland, especially now, uh, we've got, uh, especially my dad's club, Giriju, we've got loads of clubs in the area and we've got a great network and a lot of support from like the sports centre and stuff as well. So like, judo is growing there. Uh, it was a bit smaller back when I was younger, but I think like we work quite well with uh, like Highland Buda quite up in Inverness. We're always visiting each other. Elgin was big back in the day. We used to always uh, go there for extra training sessions and stuff too. So uh, quite quite a good judo community uh, up up the north of Scotland. So. And you've had some like major results. Um, junior European fifth, junior world fifth, European under 23 fifth places. I think the question I want to ask is when you get to that kind of major championship bronze medal match yeah kind of what's going through your head because do you are you conscious that you've you've picked up these three fifth places and that you've been so close to a medal and it's just slipped through you grasp is it a matter of time what's what, what's that thought process like uh i've not really noticed until sort of more recent years about like a lot of these major championships have been fifth place uh i think it's been different every time uh like my first junior Europeans when I got fifth, uh, I reached the semi-final. I had a really close fight in the semis with uh, Frank DeWitt. Uh, just lost out there. And then at that point in my career, I think I was quite immature with the way, maybe experience, uh, how I manage stuff mentally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've done, done a lot of work since with sports psychology. Uh, Andrew Cruikshank, who I've been working with for a few years now, to deal with that process. I think that was the main reason I didn't perform in that bronze medal contest uh, on my first junior Europeans. Just lack of experience being in that big situation uh, and dealing with stuff, especially after the loss in the semi-final. Uh, moving on to the next fifth place. Uh, <laughs> at junior, junior Worlds a few years later, I think I was a bit better with all that experience and stuff. I was just coming back from... Uh, back-to-back injuries there and I thought I performed really well that day uh, and I'd beaten the boy previously at the European team event a junior European team event a few weeks before I think like, we've always used the term when I've spoken to some of my coaches my dad it's it's about getting to the getting to the dance yeah uh, it's about getting to that, that, that final block uh, quarter semi-finals and then once you're there sometimes it is just who's better on the day uh, you, you can see some people who maybe aren't necessarily the best in the category, but once once if you get to that medal fight, then it's, it's anyone's game there. And I've just maybe been on sort of the the, the not so great side of those uh, those contests, but I don't. Obviously, I would have liked to go back and get the medal. 
I think I've learned a lot from those fifth places. And hopefully the next championship fight, uh, we come away with a medal. So And I'm 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 sure there'll be kind of many more. And you've kind of alluded there to something that has perhaps plagued your injury. You know, like judo is a sport where it plagued your career. Judo is a sport where, you know, injuries are common. Um, everyone is constantly carrying a little knock. But I think, uh, again, my little bit of research is you've had like back-to-back ACLs. You, you come back, you've had a, a shoulder injury. Then in the middle of that, there's COVID that kind of perhaps wipes everything out just as you're getting back on your feet. And then, um, again, we're going to talk about the Commie Games in a bit, but you get selection for Commonwealth Games. Again, you, you do an ACL for the third time. Like when you suffer an injury, yeah, like what goes through your head? Because it, it does look at it like you, you've, you've had a lot on your plate. It's, uh, it, I know it's always a part of high performance sport. I, I, I'm sure you've been through injuries before. Uh, and it's, it's more of a pain in the arse more than anything. <laughs> uh, I, I would say my view and all of it's changed over the years. Um, so I had a really good year my first year sort of junior 2015 um, and injured my first ACL end of that year and with the first injury sort of time flew by it was I would say it was relatively easy first injury I'm going to be back soon this I'll get through this easy and then I get back from that just before I go to my junior Europeans that year I snapped my other ACL uh, didn't realize how bad it was. Obviously, fought Europeans and stuff on it. Are you still full? Uh, yeah, not very well. Uh, we didn't realize how bad it was at the time, uh, and then go through that. And I've always said, so that second of the back to back was a, was a lot harder mentally. Obviously, you know you can do it physically, uh, but it's, it's a massive mental drain. Well, I know I'm ahead at the time as I'm still young. I've got I've got loads of years left. Uh, so came back from that. Uh, that's when I got like fifth at junior worlds and stuff. So I was performing quite well. And then we started going into the qualification cycle for, for Tokyo. And then obviously you're getting into that last year, COVID hits and sort of derails everything. Uh, and, and I'm sure that was its own its own struggle. I know loads of people have talked about their sort of experiences through COVID. Uh, I find it quite productive uh, in sort of a, a training aspect of doing training outside of judo, uh, came back fit and healthy. And then first competition back after COVID uh, was Tel Aviv Grand Slam. Um, we had a good training block going into it, uh, sent a strong team out there, that's sort of the whole British judo. And it was probably my best performance at a Grand Slam. Uh, got to bronze contest and then dislocated my shoulder, <laughs> which saw it, it put the qualifying out the window for Tokyo. And uh, I was like, all right, okay, right. Uh, again, still some great positives. Fought really well. Uh, got the bronze. I knew I was sort of re- starting to reach that level. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, at the sort of top level of 81s. And so we got back from that, obviously. We watched everyone uh, go to Olympic Games and all that. And it was a great spectacle. Uh, I know we had a really successful game Chelsea meddling. And then, so, so at the end of that year... Uh, had a few small niggles, and then uh, obviously start of start of this year, 
done a few competitions and I, was, I had sort of like a grumbling knee issue that was it was going on. Obviously, we scan it and stuff, and uh, I tore my ACL again. So the th- third one now. Uh, and I would say everything, this injury has given me a different perspective and everything. Uh, maybe it's maturity, maybe it's been through this a few times before, but I sort of handled the news of getting the injury and how we're going to deal with the injury. I've handled it a lot differently this time. Uh, but so far, I'm six months in now, starting to get back on the mat, feeling strong. Uh, and then, yeah, probably moving up to 90 kilos. That's probably the first time it's, I'm putting it out there. Uh, but yeah, but I think the move up to 90s will be a lot better for my body. We'll, uh, we'll, come, back, we'll come back to that because I think you're, you're t- brushing over again, I think, really what you've kind of had to go through you you've touched it really light touch there so my own experience of injuries is when you're off the mat it's massive amount of frustration and and you want to stay connected to the sport but at the same time the more connected you are the more frustrating it gets and again personally you you're racked with doubt like am i going to come back at the same level are people catching me up you know um you're waiting for people to tell you what you can do. Like your level of control has disappeared. Like how, while you're off the mat, how do you manage that side of the emotion? Like what are you doing to, to, yeah, reduce the frustration, to to feel more confident, to, to regain some control? I think I've been really lucky. I've been surrounded by a great support team. So through all, all my injuries, through all the coaches I've had, uh, Matt Percy, Dennis Stewart, and now Call Notes, uh, and then some of the medical staff. So back it was Jason Laird uh, back my first two knees, and then obviously uh, Jacob Ayers now, who, who's the physio. And I've always been the type of person I hate sitting about and doing nothing. So especially those first few weeks of the injury when you, you're not doing a lot, you're resting your your leg, your arm, whatever. I was still making an effort to come into the centre every day uh, just, just to still be part of that environment, even if I was just sitting on the ice machine all day, uh, speaking to the, the people I, I spend every day with, uh, speaking to the coaches, just watching the sessions and trying to learn that way. Uh, so in terms of dealing with frustration and stuff, I've always been doing something, mm-hmm. whether it was video analysis or uh, being in the gym and setting small goals and all all those areas. So I'm not too busy thinking about, oh, I should be that competition. I should be this competition. And I think over the years and over the injuries, I realized there's no point in stressing if I'm not at this competition or I'm not that competition. It's going to be, I'm going to come back eventually. Let's go through the right process. And there's no point stressing over stuff I have zero control over. And, um, and I think that's, that's the big things. And then when you do come back again, I'm speaking from my own experience is, uh, do you have those moments of dread? Like, so again, I tore my ACL um, and coming back on the now, on the mat now, every now and then, and I'm a lot older than you, my body's a lot more fragile. You get a wee tweak and it almost sends alarm bells off like the, it's not injured, but the anxiety kind of just goes bing, 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 bing. Like how do you, do, do you get, 
a problem with like stress around it as you return or is it something again that you've learned to cope with over the time i've never really had that problem too bad uh i've had a few also as you see like you almost feel tweak a little bit you think oh is that all right um but for me I, I just enjoy being back in the mat and that's part i'm most looking forward to is just literally being back in the mat and just even if it's open randori just uh mess about and playing with that um I know the rest of the sport. I've been through the rest of the sport, so I, it doesn't bother me or worry me too much. Uh, I know I've done all the hard work to help as much as possible to prevent it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I try not to worry too much on that. I just try and focus on, one, having fun with training. So if you don't enjoy it, then you, the likelihood of you succeeding is pretty low. Uh, and then obviously focusing on my goals and stuff that, that are set. So... What's kind of gone into that decision to move up to 90s? You've been 81 for so long. You've had like a good amount of success, you know, at juniors on the 23 level at 81 kilos. Like what's gone into the decision to move up to 90s? It almost feels like we're, we're, we're it's like a press release to the world that I'm going 90s. Uh, oh, have, now, you not, have, you not, have you not said that yet? It's, it's uh, but I don't know the process that goes along. I, I don't know if it's something I should announce, but I'm just, just going with it. <laughs> uh, I, th I think it's, Oh, fire. Do the coaches at the centre know? Is this a... Is this yeah, like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. This is not a, a world exclusive to them that. too. <laughs> cool. Nah, and a lot, a lot of guys I've trained with know this. Uh, I think it's it's just put my body in the best position to help reduce injury. Uh, and over the years, the weight's cooped up a little bit. And it's it's not like I've, I've ever been bad at making weight. Uh, we're really structured with the nutritionist Louise that I work with. Yeah, but how I made 81 kilos and we do over sort of a six to eight week period and that we've done it really well. Uh, not necessarily there was a correlation between me being down 81s and injury, but we just thought 90s would be uh, sort of the best option to help sort of prolong my career and uh, help reduce injury. And I, I'm not, I don't really care what way I fight, to be honest. Uh, I've fought plenty of 90 kilo players on the map on camps and that before uh, a few of the people I fought a few years ago like Maserazzi has moved up 90s uh, doing very well yeah uh, Parletti, the Italian. Italian yeah so uh, it's it's just another step in, in my career so and then kind of so you you started this year at 81 kilos you competed I think four four times um, before you you suffered struggle uh, were injured again, or realised you were injured again, um, and during that period you got selected for the Commonwealth Games for for Team Scotland. Well, I'd qualified. I wasn't officially selected yet, but I'd, I'd met I, criteria. I thought you were announced as part of the team initially, and then had to withdraw. Uh, I don't think I was ever ever announced. I know I'd met criteria. Well, uh, oh, mate, I'm sorry. I thought I genuinely thought you'd just, been announced, and then um... just in, just in case Sports Scotland come back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, no problem. Sorry. Oh, definitely not going to edit this bit out. Um, so you, knowing that you'd qualified, and then kind of missing out, and being offered a role, kind of backstage, um, doing the media side. Like, what was was it? easy to accept that opportunity or was it another chance to go ah oh, like I don't want to be so close to something that I could have been a part of 
uh, at the time, it was an opportunity I took with both hands. Right. Uh, I wasn't even thinking about. Also, I was disappointed that uh, I got injured early on, and although I'd met criteria and stuff, they thought me going. It wasn't going to happen. Uh, because I had previously done some commentating at the uh, VI tournament we hosted a few years uh, ago in Warwick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I had I'd done some stuff experience. That was when I was injured with my shoulder. Uh, so I had some experience some sort of in that in that media department. And one of the things I spoke to when I was injured uh, was getting some experience in sort of other areas uh, within sort of high performance sport. So we looked at the media area, obviously, which I went on to help do the commies. And one of the big things I want to do when I finish my career is go into sort of high performance coaching. Uh, so more recently, I've I've, I've done some of that, but I'll touch on that after. So they offered me, oh, you would like to go to Commonwealth and uh, do some social media stuff. Uh, I was like, yeah, of course. First of all, it let me go and watch the, the Commonwealth Games and see all the judo. And uh, it, was, it was also a great opportunity to, to learn and, and see the other side of it. And I wasn't really struck with any frustration or anything uh, until I saw some own weight category getting fought out. Uh, and then oh, yeah, I was a little bit yeah. like, oh, uh, it would have been nice to be there. And this uh, Team Scotland kilt for the opening ceremony uh, <laughs> was was really nice. And it was uh, good. yeah, it was uh, the improvement so on of that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, my brother definitely rose my face in it because uh, <laughs> yeah, he fought for for Team Scotland. So, but it was, it was so it was nice to see him fight, and it was a good opportunity to be there for him as well. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, a little bit frustrating that I missed out and all that. But uh, it's again, there's I have no control over that, so I can't I can't worry too much about it. So the Commonwealth experience that you did have, like, what did you think of the event? I thought I thought the event was run real. I thought the the whole mat area and stuff was was amazing. It was a great spectacle. Oh, and I saw you. I remember the first day when we went to check out the arena. I saw you practicing uh, on the microphone and stuff. I thought you did a great job, to be fair, <laughs> uh, with, with the crowd on that. Oh, you can come back. <laughs> you, you keep buttering me up like that. You can definitely come back on the podcast. Turn into a media star. Uh, but no, I, was, I thought it, it was really good. And I was I was at, I was was lucky enough to be at uh, Glasgow as well, as part of the Scotland uh, Achieve Programme. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of see behind the scenes of, of all that as well. So to be lucky enough to be sort of two of the sort of the home games in in Britain, uh, I've been I've been really really lucky in that regard. What What did you think of the crowd in Birmingham? I thought the crowd was really good. Even some of the fights where there was no sort of GB players or home nation players there, the crowd was great, cheering everyone on. Uh, especially the final block. I'm I'm pretty sure all three days were sort of pretty much sold out in the for, for the final block. Yeah, so like it was incredibly noisy and like like you say everyone was getting behind the fighters like i don't think anyone would have come off that mat were they from mauritius or you know wherever without feeling that the crowd had got not got behind them there was uh, there was a great jamaican uh, group in the crowd where i remember when when ebony was fighting the final uh they were particularly noisy and stuff but it was good and it, i even remember you interviewing a few people in the crowd and they'd never done judo never seen judo before but they're still they're still there enjoying it. Made it a little bit harder for you to interview, but uh, they're still there enjoying enjoying our sport. And I think I think that was a really important thing. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the as a showpiece, I think it was such a an exciting event. 
in such so well done. And I'm gutted that it's not in the next Commonwealth Games. Um, well, me too, because it would have been a nice trip to go on as well. <laughs> yeah, of course. Down on the Gold, Gold Coast or Victoria, somewhere like that. Um, what what were you doing, though? So you said you got to watch a lot of judo. Like I, I sometimes caught snippets of you interviewing athletes, grabbing athletes as they came off the mat. What were you doing backstage? So maybe not as important as everyone thought. I was, uh, I, I was sort of controlling the Instagram uh, and updating. They got to look at see my big ugly mug on the Instagram all day basically uh, just updating people about how all sort of the home nation countries were doing uh, throughout the commies we had some interviews with some of the medalists uh, Neil Adams as well because he was there commentating and just tried to provide another avenue of coverage of those who couldn't see like the live stream or see the updates on Twitter and stuff do you think you could have done a better job than Neil on the commentary he's nodding everybody he's nodding his head he doesn't want to <laughs> the, say uh, <laughs> Neil's a lot more knowledgeable. I, I I would like to be on there. Like if it gave me the opportunity, I would have quite happily uh, tried it. But I think he's a a lot more of a finished product in the commentating department than I am. Uh, so and I I think I struggle to not swear in the commentary sometimes. To be honest, <laughs> have you enjoyed like the, those experiences, like commentating on the the the, the Paralympic qualification event, and doing the interviews, like? It's not the judo, and I'm sure you'd love to be on the mat and rather be on the mat, but getting involved with that side of things, have you enjoyed it? Has it been like an experience for you? It gives you a completely different view on everything that happens behind the scenes. And last uh, over the last month, I was, uh, I was at the VI Worlds a few weeks ago uh, in Baku, working with uh, Chris Barry. Mm-hmm. Uh, to do video analysis work so again oh, that was a, a, com- a completely different area that I've, n- I've never had experience in before uh, of, so I've, I've sat there for eight nine hours in the day recording all the fights labeling all the fights um i tell you what it's uh it's a lot of, it's a lot of different work uh, oh, can you imagine video stuff and uh just speaking to chris about that and he goes yeah it's some long days at the start but being able to sit from that so I was up maybe on like the 50, 60th floor of the of this venue and the, and the seats with the cameras. You see, you, you see a different side to it all uh, of the judo and, and sit down and analysis and then watching Chris work with uh, like uh, Skelly and Evan and stuff pre-fight, post-fight, looking at all the videos and breaking stuff down. Again, just get, it gives the other uh, other avenue. And then a few weeks before that, I was lucky enough to um, go out and help the England cadet team out in Bremen uh, and do and do some coaching there. Oh, amazing. Uh, which, which, which was a great experience and gives you a little glimpse of what my future could be in the sport if I, if I do hopefully get into coaching and I want to retire. So I've been, I've been, I've been very lucky that British Judo and the Judo have, give, have given me these chances to, uh, to explore all these different areas and get some experience in while I've been off the mat. I'm, I'm sure a big part of it, though, is that you keep saying yes, that you'll take these opportunities. You know, and that, and if you do that, people will always kind of give you, give you more. Stu will say yes. They go and ask him. Um, there was about- oh, there was some book. Sorry, there's some book or video that I seen once, and uh, it, it said something that was like never say no. Always say yes. Any 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 opportunity someone throws in front of you, just say yes. The worst that's going to happen is going to be a terrible 
experience, but then you'll get over it. But mm. having none so far, it's been it's been really good experiences. So, talking the video analysis, how, did you take anything from that as a player? Um, so I've had a chance recently to speak to Travis Stevens, um, and as part of the research, part of the conversation, like the level of analysis that that kind of group of Americans, him, Kayla, Marty Malloy, obviously with uh, Jimmy, Pedro and uh, Jimmy's dad, the level of analysis that they put into um, opponents and fights and styles, like it was certainly a level beyond what I experienced during my career. Like, have you taken anything from that kind of video analysis side where you go, actually, I can take this into my own. I, I maybe don't need to, tap into Chris, but it's something I can start to replicate myself or use as a coach. I can see how different people use it in different areas. Me personally, I've uh, been using it to sort of develop my own judo and not worry too much about game planning for other people. Uh, normally when I do video analysis before an event or once it draws out, I look at what side my opponent is uh, sort of their main attacks and stuff and then structure my stuff off that mm-hmm. uh, but I know especially with the sort of our visually impaired team a lot because the, there's a lot lower entry in the, those events they're fighting the same people consistently so for yeah. them and I, I know especially before the Paralympics they looked at having specific game plans for each each opponent Yeah. so for them it's it's almost even more important because you can really break down every single they know exactly who they're going to get game plan. Yeah, 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 and I think for injured players as well. I know a lot of us when we're injured, we you obviously not spend that time on the mat. But what players can I look at that are in a similar category to me, that fight similar to me, and see the trends in in their gripping, the way they set up their attacks, and then how how do I put that into my judo? Uh, so I, I've seen that that side of it as well. I'm being through that side of it a lot, uh, and then and then using that that videos stuff you come up with. How do then use visualization and stuff to implement that into my judo? Uh, Love that. Um, yeah. I, I mean, that's a whole other other area of discussion around the visualization and using it with your judo. Um, I could, could, could be another good few hours. That <laughs> well, we'll, we'll maybe we'll maybe have to record another one. <laughs> but um, before we kind of start wrapping up, I wanted to ask like. Where are you going next? Like, what's next on you? You've talked about moving up to 90s. Um, I'm assuming that's because Paris is on the horizon and you, and you want to run at Paris. You've talked about coaching. Um, what What is next for you? What What directions are you going in? Uh, as far as I'm concerned, my whole main focus and everything is, is going towards uh, Paris and, and, and doing everything I can to qualify for that. Uh, I should be back so early next year. Uh, coming back from the injury. So it'll be hitting some training camps and then looking at what competitions do I need to build back up to sort of getting at that level and uh, getting some fights against the fights at the new weight category. Uh, but uh, the whole movement and plan is qualifying. When are we going to see you back on the mat? Uh, unconfirmed yet, to be honest. <laughs> uh, don't, T- I, don't we don't we don't TBD. We're, it's, yeah, we're uh, we're we're ongoing with seeing when we're coming back. It's a case of uh, physically, I'm already uh, mentally do I feel comfortable mm-hmm. uh, doing my judo at, at the highest level on that. So 
we'll uh we'll see you on that one no i love that uh Stu, look thank you so much for today um i would love to catch up with you again in six months time a year's time check how the journey's going what where you're at how qualifications panning out um how you're finding 90 kilos and again maybe talking that kind of your mental preparation side that you've kind of referenced a little bit there um if people want to follow your journey where can they find you where are you on social media uh, I do have obviously Instagram, Judo Stu. I came up with that years ago. It's not the, the greatest Instagram. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well at Stuart McQuart. Don't normally tweet. It's not. I'm normally tweeting about NFL more than anything, uh, more <laughs> than Judo, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, pro- probably Instagram to be honest, the, the main main place. Love that. Um, I might title this episode the British Judo's Insta Baddie. <laughs> Stuart, what? We go that, we, we I'm, go nearly that far. I'm nearly 40 years old. I don't even know what it means. <laughs> um, Stu, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you so much for joining me on the show and really look forward to seeing you back on the mat. Um, and if you're ever up on a Wednesday night, then please come and uh, drag me around now that you're feeling a little bit, a little bit heavier, a little bit bulkier. Soon enough, soon enough. All the best, mate. I'll speak to you later. Cheers, thank you. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed the show. Um, All that usual nonsense. Like, subscribe, blah, 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 blah. Catch you soon.